an old American institution as a new member. Sesame Street is officially adopting a puppy, and fan favorite Elmo now has a sidekick. His name is Tango. The little white and brown pup will debut in August. Get your kids ready. Now entering its 52nd season, Sesame Street is the 8th longest running TV show of all time. Their new canine edition, Tango, will explore the special bond between children and pets. The show's creators hope Tango helps children learn how to care for and relate to their own animals. Studies show that having pets helps children in a number of ways. Self-esteem and self-confidence get a boost from an animal's love. The child also improves their nonverbal communication, compassion, even a sense of responsibility. Few things can bring a smile to our faces like children playing with puppies. God created this world good. Even though creation has fallen, he still rains down blessings upon us. Praise the Lord for his bountiful grace. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we get to share the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called War and Grace. The Lord absolutely loves turning enemies into friends. I'm grateful for that. And so are you, I'm sure. But there is one story of an enemy-turned-friend from World War II that I'm really pleased to share with you on this program. It's the story of Jacob DeShazer. He was a fighter pilot. He dropped bombs on Japan in retaliation for Pearl Harbor. But the Lord got hold of him, and as they say, the rest was history. The late pastor Don Stevens in England will help us share this story, and I'm sure you'll be amazed at the Lord's grace through it all. Jacob DeShazer wasn't really looking for the Lord, but the Lord found him. His story is a story of how the Lord can chase us down. His relentless grace refuses to let us remain in darkness. The story, told by the late Don Stevens, pastor in Liverpool, who went home to be with the Lord just a couple of years ago. He was not only a pastor, he was a historian in his own time. And he left us a book full of these stories of grace from wars and world history. They aren't stories of how the war was won but stories of how the Lord wins his people in the midst of the horrors of war. Stories of how the Lord broke into the darkest places to save and restore. After this program, I want to send you a copy of his epic book for your gift to the ministry. As you read it, you'll be greatly encouraged to see how the Lord was at work in these people's lives, even in the turbulent years of World War I and World War II. Believe me, once you start the book, you won't be able to put it down. So would you call us after the program? Would you make a gift to this listener-supported ministry? But would you also ask for the book War and Grace? The number to call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and there you'll find resources like the video we shot with the late Louis Zamperini and a special blog post about his life. You can experience all of that, make your gift, and get the book 
by coming to haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Now, let's open our time together with a song from Ryan Stevenson. A restless generation We're turning over every stone Hoping to find salvation In a world that's left us cold Can we get back to the altar Back to the arms of our first love There's only one way to the Father And He's calling out to us To the captive it looks like freedom To the orphan it feels like home To the skeptic it might sound crazy To believe in a God who loves In a world where our hearts are breaking And we're lost in the mess we've made Like a blinding light in the dead of night It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way condition it's the good news for us all it's greater than religion it's the power of the cross so can we get back to the altar back to the arms of our first love It's just simply called The Gospel, and it's from his album called No Matter What, Ryan Stevenson opening this haven today, and a program called War and Grace. In these minutes together, 
I want you to meet Jacob DeShazer. And in just a minute, Don Stevens will join us once again to help share the story. Don says DeShazer's story vividly illustrates the truth of irresistible grace and the power of a Christian mother's prayers. So let's begin our story. It's back in 1942. The Americans, angered by the attack on their fleet at Pearl Harbor, mounted a revenge raid on the Japanese homeland. In military history, it's called the Doolittle Raid, after the man who commanded it. The idea was to put 16 bombers on an aircraft carrier, sail as close to Japan as possible, and then launch them with the aim of bombing Japan. The snag was that the B-25 bombers couldn't land back on the carrier, so they had to overfly Japan and go to China. 29-year-old Jacob DeShazer was the bomb aimer in the 16th and the last B-25. He was born in 1912 in Salem, Oregon, into a Christian farming family. He went to the Free Methodist Church and he knew the gospel without knowing Christ. In fact, he was the typical teenage rebel against God. He left home and he drifted into a dead-end job in sheep herding for a couple of years. And then to get a trade and better pay, he enlisted in the U.S. Air Force. That was two years before Pearl Harbor. Britain may have been fighting for its life between 1939 and 41, but the American Air Force was at peace and gave DeShazer quite a lot of free time, which he spent hanging around in bars and living a life of which he later became ashamed. Pearl Harbor then plunged America into the Second World War. DeShazer volunteered for a secret mission which would end him up as one of the 80 flyers of the Doolittle Raid. Now having dropped his bombs on Japan, the plane headed for a fog-bound Chinese mainland. When the fuel was used up, they bailed out. And DeShazer had the misfortune to be one of the eight Americans who ended up as prisoners of the infuriated Japanese who proceeded to torture them. His hatred of the Japanese knew no limits, particularly when they shot three of his comrades and then allowed a fourth to die of slow starvation. He himself was destined to spend three years and four months in captivity, almost all of it in solitary confinement. His condition was wretched. He had fever and dysentery. He was beaten regularly. And one day he counted 75 boils on his emaciated body. But his spiritual condition was getting better. Remember, he had a praying mother. A strange thing happened. A guard produced a Bible in English. DeShazer was told he could keep it for three weeks. Now what happened next comes best in his own words. Often during the boredom of solitary confinement, I found myself wondering whether the Bible was true or a myth, whether there was life after death, whether people are able to make contact with God, 
and whether what I'd been taught as a boy was really true. The pages of the Bible became precious. I read about Christ's birth, Christ's claims, his rejection, and the final proof to me was that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now it's hard not to hate when you're being starved and beaten. But now in my cell I turn from hatred to faith. I began to repent and pray. I still didn't know whether God heard me or even cared about me. But then on June the 8th, 1944, my eyes fell on Romans chapter 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The miracle of God's grace operated in such a way that all alone in a military prison cell, faith came. Love filled my heart. I was born again. God forgave me. And now I felt forgiveness in my heart for the Japanese. Well, he was to be another long year in prison. He became delirious with multiple diseases and starvation. Death really was not far away. Yet he survived until the atomic bombs put an end to the war. The US Secret Service had found out exactly where the remaining Doolittle Raiders were being held and they deliberately dropped parachute soldiers to save them. So it was that in August 1945, aged 32, Jacob DeShazer was released. His phone call to his mother told her that exactly what she had prayed for had come to pass. Not only was he alive, but he had come to faith. And to cap it all, he added it was his intention to return to Japan as a missionary. And he did just that. DeShazer went to seminary for three years. Then he got married. And six years and eight months after the Doolittle raid, he arrived in Japan as a missionary. On one occasion, he spoke to the guards who had held him in the POW camp. At least one of these men came to know Jesus through the ministry of his former prisoner. Last Tuesday, on our weekday program, we heard the story of Mitsuo Fuchida, the lead Zero pilot in the Japanese raid on Pearl Harbor. Years after the beginning of the war between the U.S. and Japan, Fuchida became a Christian. And here's the amazing part. He turned to the Lord and he found Jesus after reading a tract written by none other than Jacob de Chaser. These two men, fierce enemies in wartime, became brothers in Christ. The leader of the attack on Pearl Harbor and a member of the retaliatory raid later ministered together in Japan. I don't know about you, but I'm reminded of Ephesians 2 where the Apostle Paul says that Christ is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The division between Fuchida and DeShazer was not between Jew and Gentile, but between enemy pilots. But the grace of Christ brought them together and extinguished their hostility for each other. As DeShazer puts it, he went from hatred to faith. 
I also hope that you caught the story of DeShazer's faithful mother. His mother loved the Lord and never stopped praying for her son, too, that he would come to know Christ, and he did, in the most dire of circumstances. Nothing but amazing how God sometimes uses similar things in the lives of different people. I'm reminded of a story from 1,600 years ago. A man named Augustine was born to a Christian woman named Monica and a non-Christian father. Monica was a good mother who loved her son and wanted him to be saved. You and I also want our loved ones to come to Christ, don't we? So what do we do? Well, we pray, of course, and that's what Monica did as well. Meanwhile, her son Augustine had rejected Christianity. He even joined a cult, and he began living with his girlfriend, and they had a son out of wedlock. It wasn't until Augustine was 31 years old that Monica's prayers were answered. He was suddenly and surprisingly converted. He went on to become a great theologian, a pastor, a writer, a bishop of the early church. The grace of God found Augustine centuries ago, just like the grace of God found Jacob de Chaser in a Japanese POW camp. De Chaser was tortured by prison guards, and then, years later, he preached the gospel to those same people, just like the Apostle Paul, who was stoned, left for dead, and then walked back into the same city to preach the gospel. The grace of God cannot be stopped. It changed DeShazer. He dropped bombs on Japan, and the next time he visited that country, he brought good news in Jesus Christ. Now that is a story worth repeating. A story of the wonderful grace of God. The gospel, always at work, whether you and I expect it or not. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jacob de Chaser came to declare and to believe in Jesus in a POW camp, and what grace he received from the hand of his Savior. This same Jesus gives this same grace to you and me. And we can rest on that.
first and the last, the beginning and end. At the sound of his cry, all the world came alive, and he formed us from dust, put his breath in our lungs. We were made for his love, but we ran from the light. But he wouldn't give up on his daughters and sons, so he took on the cross. Through the centuries, he never changes. Matt Redman leading us in this same Jesus on a haven today and a program called War and Grace. The story of Jacob DeShazer is really the same story that belongs to all of us, wouldn't you say? Whether you've served in the military or not, if you're a Christian, the reality is that the Lord found you. You didn't find him. He came looking for you. And his relentless grace changed your heart. When we see how the Lord changes lives, especially in horrific times like a world war, it changes us as well. No one is ever too far away from the Lord's grace. And when you read War and Grace, short biographies from the world wars, I know you will be greatly encouraged as well as inspired. Thirteen stories that show God's amazing grace over and over again through the eyes of war survivors. I want you to have war and grace this July. It'll remind you that the Lord is always at work, no matter how dark things get. And believe me, it's a real page-turner that'll fill you with hope this summer. So why don't you call us right now? Would you please make a gift to the ministry, and we'll send you the book, War and Grace. You just need to get on the phone. And call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, you'll find resources like the video that we shot with Louis Zamperini and a special blog post about his life. You can experience all that, make your gift, and get the book at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And if you'd like to hear my full 30-minute interview with the late Louis Zamperini at his home in the Hollywood Hills, not long before he died, we have that posted on our Great Stories podcast. Look for it there at haventoday.org or wherever you receive your podcasts. Let's take a moment to pray. Would you join me? Lord in heaven, what a contrast. 
And yet, what a similarity. Two men fighting for their country. They didn't know each other. Fighting each other as an enemy, both from the air. And yet, in a remarkable way, you called both to become followers of Jesus. Well, it doesn't get better than a story like this. May we learn from this story. May we see how it applies to our lives, how it relates to us. Lord, I know somebody's listening today who doesn't know Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord, would you speak to them and invite them to confess their sins and claim your blood shed for their sins to find new life in Jesus. And for those of us already with faith, Lord, would you please bolster our faith through what we've just heard. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There are some realities that are too great for us to understand. God's gifts are like that. Because of Jesus, we have hope and an inheritance. Of course, we'll never fully grasp how great these things are, but we should try to anyway. Paul had these gifts in mind when he prayed for believers. In fact, he specifically asked God to enlighten the eyes of their hearts so that they could better understand their redemption. The laziness we struggle with in our Christian walk comes from not appreciating the depth of God's love. Like Paul, let's pray that the eyes of our hearts might be opened. Nothing but opened eyes and thankful hearts will lead us to faithful living. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.